0: good morning. It's a week since we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus and this morning it's my privilege again to bring God's word and especially look at a very important post-resurrection appearance of Jesus and to understand what it means to us today. And so before I begin looking at God's word, would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we thank you again for the privilege of meeting together, even though it is basically online. Father, we thank you for the joy of knowing you and we pray that even as we continue to worship you by looking at your word, that you will minister to us, speak to us, O God, in a way that we would understand your word and your truth. And we thank you, God, that your truth sets us free. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been looking at the Gospel of John a little while ago. And I want to conclude our reflections on John by looking at John chapter 21. Now, for those of us who have been following the series on John, you would know that John was very clear right from the beginning as to why he was writing this particular Gospel. In fact in chapter 20 and towards the end he would say Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name John is very clear that his purpose of writing this particular gospel in which he has written in a particular style where he intentionally selected not everything that Jesus had done, but arranged it, not only selected, but arranged it in such a way that he would lead us to the point where we have to ask ourselves the question, who is Jesus? And he expects us To conclude that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And to believe in him and by believing in him that we might have life in his name. John is very clear. And I hope that our reflections on John over the many months earlier would bring us to that conclusion. Because the word of God is written so that we get deeper in our relationship with God and actually grow in our relationship. But what is very interesting is that John actually wrote in such a way that many incidents which are not mentioned in the other three Gospels find mention in John. And not just find mention but the style in which he has written is that each of those incidents that John selects follows or is followed by a discussion on Jesus' identity. And John, unlike the other three Gospels, actually gives more of the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. Matthew and Mark hardly have any uh, long explanation. They just gave a narration as to what happened on that Easter morning. Luke, of course, had a long chapter, chapter 24, and mentions much more than the other two did. But John has two chapters, chapter 20 and 21, to talk about Jesus' post-resurrection appearance. Now I use the word appearance, which is a strongly biblical word, because after Jesus' resurrection, it's clear that Jesus did not live with the disciples as he did earlier prior to his crucifixion. After that, the Bible says Jesus appeared. Jesus appeared. And in fact, the Apostle Paul, writing in 1 Corinthians, would say that Jesus appeared at one time to more than 500 people. And so the word appear would mean that Jesus went away after he came into their presence and then came again. And he appears sometimes in Jerusalem, sometimes outskirts of Jerusalem, sometimes in Galilee. Jesus had a new body which was not now restricted to a place, but could travel and he could disappear. You remember on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24, it says that Jesus had a meal with them. He broke bread with them and then their eyes were open and he had disappeared. Now, this is how Jesus's post-resurrection appearance was presented in the Gospels. But what is also interesting is that Jesus did not appear where we would have thought he would or he should like for instance we would have expected him after his resurrection to appear in the front of Pilate and others who crucified him or right in the middle bang in the temple in Jerusalem where the crowds were there he could have done all those things but the intention of resurrection was to not show to the world you know how powerful God is resurrection is a fact but what is interesting is that Jesus's post-resurrection appearances were meant for the body of Christ, to build them up. And after Jesus rose up, which we celebrated last Sunday, for the next 40 days, Jesus continued to be on earth. And in the book of Acts, it says he taught his disciples. For the next 40 days, he talked about the kingdom of God. He talked about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then he ascended into heaven. Ten days later, after the ascension, as they had gathered together in the room, upper room as we call, the Holy Spirit came on them and the church was born, the Pentecost. So we have a particular calendar after the resurrection. And for 40 days, Jesus appeared. And what is the purpose of that appearance? John chapter 21 is one of those appearances which I want to look at this morning. But in John chapter 20, there are a series of appearances. First, he appeared to Mary of Magdala outside the grave. Then he appeared to Thomas or to the disciples. And then he appeared to Thomas. And in Luke chapter 24, it says that Jesus appeared to, the, to Peter. So there are a lot of appearances. Now, what is the purpose of these appearances? It was not so much to show off the power of God, which is true that this was the power of God. Paul, writing in Ephesians, would say this was the power of God at work. But that was not the purpose to show how powerful God is. But basically, the post-resurrection appearances, firstly, were appearances of encouragement. It was to appear to encourage the disciples. Now, you would remember that after Jesus' crucifixion, or even at Jesus' crucifixion, only John, one of the disciples, was at the foot of the cross. All the other disciples had fled. And not only had they left... But actually the whole group was disappointed in the fact that here was somebody who did good deeds and who they thought was the Messiah, who would bring in the kingdom of God, had suddenly been killed. Yes, Jesus told them that he will be killed, but it was very hard for them to take it, especially when many of them had left Galilee and followed him and they had hoped that this was the one who will come in the name of the Lord because a few weeks prior to his resurrection Jesus actually entered Jerusalem to the singing that he is God but what happened now was something that pushed them back in time now what will they do how are they going to handle the situation and it was there that Jesus appeared because for Mary it was the end of a dream, end of a relationship. And so she sat there crying and hoping at least she will know where the body of Jesus is. And Jesus had to encourage her to say that it is not, he is not dead. He is now risen. And he tells her to go tell the disciples. The encouragement to say it is not over. It is not over. He appeared. the disciples and told them do not fear because it was an encouragement to move away from a situation where we are reduced by fear and he appeared to Thomas who had many questions that made him doubt the fact of what the disciples told him and Jesus appeared to him not to question Thomas but to clarify for Thomas because sometimes We are in a situation where we are confused with what is happening. And Jesus appeared. A series of appearances mainly to encourage. I don't know how 2020 has been for you. But I know generally over the world. That it has been one of the most confusing years. Never thought that anything as small as a virus. Would stop the world from functioning. Especially when humans... Frided about their own uh, you know, achievements in every sector. And suddenly we were reduced to just being locked down in many parts of the world. And the uncertainty of the future. Things suddenly came to a standstill. And one of the most important things about the resurrection is the resurrected Jesus appears to us to encourage us to say... All is not gone. It's not the end. It's not the end. Jesus has risen from the grave. I don't know how you are today, how you are this morning. But if you are here this morning, wondering as to what does the future hold? Is this the end of everything? With so many questions, you know, pushed to a corner with fear, Jesus appears to tell us, That he has risen. He has risen from the grave. And he brings his encouragement to us. To tell us that not everything is lost. And John chapter 21. He specifically takes time to go to appear to his disciples. Who are led by Peter. And for Peter. It was a very specific talk. Because Peter was the one who made proud claims that even if all the other disciples left him he would not leave Jesus and Jesus had very specifically told him Satan has asked permission to sift him but Peter in his confidence told Jesus that he will stand with him and Jesus told him before the cock crows three times you will deny me three times And Peter didn't believe it, but he did it. And he was totally broken, totally broken. In spite of the fact that Jesus very specifically told Mary, go tell Peter. And he made an appearance to Peter. You know, there are times when we look back at the year that has gone past. And have come to a point where we have lost confidence in ourselves. And the resurrected Jesus appears to encourage us, to trust him, to rebuild for us that confidence. This morning I want to firstly emphasize that, that the resurrected Jesus appears to encourage you. Don't give up. All is not lost. It looks as though we are losing And to make things worse, 2021 seems to be similar to 2020 and we are more confused. And 2021 seems to be as bad as or in fact worse from some of the reports. Especially with the coronavirus and it's affecting the migrants, it's affecting the labor, it's affecting industry, it's affecting employment. There's an uncertainty all around and many people are finding it hard to adapt To the new situation. And we are hoping that the new normal will be temporary and we can return back. The resurrected Jesus promises his encouraging presence. The second thing that happens with the post-resurrected Jesus or the post-resurrection appearance of Jesus. In John chapter 21 which is where my chapter for this morning is that he appears to Peter and the other disciples on the river of Galilee to strengthen them. And what happened there, it says that, you know, Peter and his friends were in Galilee, near the Sea of Galilee, the familiar place. Perhaps for Peter and some of them, this was where they met Jesus the first time. Or not the first time Peter met Jesus, actually, when Jesus came for his baptism. But here was where Peter was called to follow Jesus. Now he was back there, you know, back there, going back to what was familiar. And it is possible with all that is happening around, many of us return back to what we are comfortable with. Let's go back to do what at least we were doing before. Yes, we had given all these up, all these things up and we were following now. Christ and the new hope and the new vision but suddenly everything came to a standstill what do we do now yes we dreamt of a new future but suddenly everything came to a standstill so let's go back back to what we are familiar with I don't blame Peter for it because that is a very human tendency and even if you are one person who was outspoken things in life could go wrong And Peter tells his friends, I'm going out to fish. And when he announced that, he was perhaps announcing it in such a way that it was more like a question. Do you want to come with me or who will come? And immediately all his friends, it says that uh, Thomas, Nathaniel, uh, the sons of Zebedee and the two other disciples, many of them were there. They all said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat and that night they caught nothing. So they fished the whole night. But here were a whole group of people who had given up everything in order to follow a dream, a vision, and now things had changed so fast that there was nothing to hold on to. Yes, they met the resurrected Jesus, but that was a great experience. But now what do we do in the future? What do we do in the future? And what happened here is that Jesus appears there and what he does is a reminder to them of the miracle that happened in their life when they first met him. And they had fished the whole night and there was no fish at all. And Jesus came to the shore and he looked at them and said, friends, haven't you any fish? Now they didn't realize who was on the shore. You can't blame him, blame them for it because in the morning times when you are in the, near the sea and you can't see much and they're fishing somewhere far away. They could hear the voice of Jesus. Perhaps the sea was very calm. They could hear the voice of Jesus but they could not recognize him. It says they did not recognize Jesus. They did not realize it was Jesus. And when Jesus asked the question, they replied, they had not caught anything. So he told them, tells them to throw the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Now that was a repetition of what Jesus had said earlier. And I don't know why they didn't ask any questions to this man. Perhaps they thought he was another fisherman who had more experience than them, whatever it was. They followed him and threw the net on the right side. And they caught more than they could drag in. And it was a reminder of the experience they had with Jesus. And the disciple, John, he calls himself the one whom Jesus loved, says, It is Jesus. The second thing that happens when the post-resurrected Jesus appeared is that they refreshed, he refreshed their memory about their God experience. There are times when we go through life that we feel everything has come to an end and there's no future. We just don't know. And one of the things that the resurrected Jesus does is to refresh us, refresh our memory about the fact that God has worked many times in our life. You know, as humans, We always have a very bad memory of the great experiences we have had with God. And all that is required is one bad experience. We forget all the good experience we have had where God has worked so often. And here the resurrected Jesus specifically appeared to help the disciples to connect again to their own experience of God. May this morning be at one of those times that even as you are listening to the word, I don't know how you are, but perhaps some of us need a refreshing of our memory so that we can look back at the last year and thank God for hundreds of things that God has done in our life to know that God is on our side. Yes, the resurrected Jesus confirms to them that God works. God works in similar situations. Yes, he has healed many of us. He has protected many of us. He has kept our jobs secure. There's a lot of things he has done, but we have forgotten them. And I invite you this morning to take time just to develop a heart of gratitude to God for what he has done. The third thing that happens is that when Jesus comes to the, when the disciples come to the show, they find Jesus has already got the fire ready. And also there is fish on the fire. And then he invites them to bring a little of their own catch. Now Jesus didn't need them to bring their fish. He already knew. He already had the fire ready. And there was fish on top of it. And he could have had much more fish if he wanted to. But one thing is that even though Jesus did not need them to bring their fish. He included them. He included them. That's the character of The resurrected God. God of the Bible is a God who doesn't need us. But he includes us and he invites us to bring whatever we have. To celebrate with God. And these are times in which we are reduced to a place where most of us have lost confidence in what we have perhaps. We are constantly complaining. And the resurrected Jesus invites us to bring what we have. This is a God who includes us in what he is doing. He tells the disciples later on, wait in Jerusalem, you will receive the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. In God's great plan for the world in which he calls us to be salt and light, he specifically expects us to be included in his plan. He doesn't need us to do what he wants to do, but he includes us. And what an important realization that God brings to us this morning that some of us perhaps have come to a place where we feel there is nothing good in us but what is most significant is that God says bring the little that you have even that little is given by God and God can do a miracle in our life this morning perhaps some of us need that miracle but what stops us is the fact that we look at what we have and consider it so little that we don't bring it to God but God includes us in what He's doing the fourth thing that happens is that Jesus restores Peter now if I were like Peter I would have been totally shattered and I don't think I can say if I were like Peter Peter's experience is so common to all of us because we somehow feel that we God can count on us. And then we look back and we look at the number of times we have made commitments which we have not kept. And we have let down God so often. But the difference could be that Peter regretted for what he had done. He wept bitterly. But sometimes we take it for granted. That this is how it is. And we don't turn around. But Peter felt totally bad about what he had done. He was a leader among the disciples. In fact Jesus said on this rock I will build my church. But now it come to a point where he had let Jesus down. Now that's why I believe John chapter 21 is a significant chapter. Because if John chapter 21 was not there. The picture of Peter we would have is a person who denied Jesus. Who did not stand up. To what he himself had said. And then the next thing we see in Acts chapter 2. Is Peter is the leader of the church. Now how did that happen? John chapter 21 is the bridge. Here is somebody who let down God. Who God used to be leader of the church. And the reason was Jesus restored him again. Easter. The resurrection is a great point of Restoration doesn't matter how badly you've let God down but it's an invitation for us to come to a place where you can hear Jesus talk he knows us as we are and Peter in the beginning when Jesus asked him the question do you love me he said it many times yes I do love you and then he says God you know everything God knows everything he knows the number of times we have made commitments and not kept he knows the number of times when we promised and we let God down. But he doesn't hold it against us. He's only hoping that we will come to him and say, you know everything about me. And God, I'm available. I'm available. I'm available. Peter was restored. The post-resurrection appearances of Jesus included the restoration of people, in spite of the fact we've let God down, and the final, final thing about this post resurrection appearance is that Jesus commissioned the disciples not just here to Peter, he said, Feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Yes, there is a commissioning. The post resurrected Jesus commissioned his disciples, Go tell the disciples, he told Mary, and constantly. In John chapter 20, earlier, he looked at the disciples and breathed on them and said, even as the Father sent me, so send I you. One thing that resurrection did to the early church, it moved them from a community that was scared to being a community that was bold in its engagement in the world. If resurrection can't do that, nothing can do it. They suddenly changed. They became the people who they people looked at them and said, "These people who are turning the world upside down, these unschooled people, they were with Jesus, and we can see the difference in them." They looked at the rulers and said, "Decide for yourself who we should follow, God or you." My friends, Jesus appears to not only restore us, not only encourage us, not only to refresh. Our knowledge of God. Not only to be somebody who appears to build us, but he also appears to commission us. May we who have enjoyed the resurrected power of Jesus not be confined to a small world. The world desperately needs us. And Jesus said, You are the salt, you are the light of the world. And especially in these dark times of COVID, when there's so much of uncertainty around, my prayer is that the church of Jesus Christ would be seen as positively engaged in the world. Because that's what the resurrection did. The resurrection power of Jesus works in us. Paul puts it so well in Ephesians chapter 1 when he said, May God open your eyes to see the power of God that works in us. The same power that he used to bring Jesus from the grave. And this morning, that is my invitation. Allow the resurrected Jesus to encourage us, to appear to encourage us in our life. Allow the the power of Jesus to refresh our memories to refresh our memories about our experience of God. Allow the power of Jesus to open our eyes to bring what we have to God and to be included in what God is doing. Allow the power of Jesus to restore us, especially those who have lost confidence in our own abilities. And finally, allow the power of Jesus to fill us in a way that we are commissioned to go into the world. Don't sit in your corner. This is not a time to sit in our corner. But it's a time to be engaged, to bring hope to a world without hope, to drive away fear in a world where people are scared of death. May God help us. In Jesus' name. Amen.